they literally try to say, George Floyd said, I ate too many drugs. Man, let me run the intro. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the Keys to Gems podcast. This is your host, Lonoso. Keys to Gems fearlessly goes after a better understanding of every topic discussed. I hope you enjoy listening and take something away from each episode. And if nothing else, always know there is nothing we should fear discussing and understanding better. With that said, let's get to it. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the 44th episode of the Keys to Gems. Going to give you a little bit of housekeeping. As many of you, many of you are aware, the George Floyd uh, trial is going on, or I should say the trial for his killer is going on. And some interesting assertions were made by the defense this week. Now, there were several officers that came to the stand including the chief of police that said what Chauvin did was absolutely one, not in accordance with training, but also excessive. But the thing that really caught my ear (laughs) in my eye was that the defense really attempted to assert that George Floyd was saying I ate too many drugs, essentially saying that he was out of control and that they were had to use every means possible to control Mr. Floyd while he was already on the ground, on his stomach, in handcuffs. I have never in my whole life heard someone say I ate too many drugs. I have arrested people on drugs. I have been around people after and during using drugs. Not one time have I ever heard that statement made. But, you know, they could hear or they tried to say they heard I guess in an attempt to say or to show that it was the drugs that actually killed him, not a full grown man kneeling on the back of Floyd that was the cause of death. Mm, mm, mm. Again, this is still the prosecution's time, so they still pretty much are building a lead, so to speak. And the defense is going to have their chance to call witnesses soon. The exact date, unfortunately, we don't know. At the time of this recording, it is Thursday the 8th of April so it should be soon but don't know how soon that the defense will be calling witnesses with that said let's go ahead and jump into this week's topic so we don't have to think about eating drugs (laughs) what is that so for this week's topics It's kind of all rolled into one, and it's everything and nothing. And that might sound quite overbroad, but please bear with me while I present this to you. So after slavery ended, as mentioned before, a new law took over the land in the southern part of the United States, and that was Jim Crow. Jim Crow was pretty much the law making it so black people would stay subordinate to white people. So, as I mentioned, you know, they 
they were given freedom, but they really weren't given the opportunity to do anything because they weren't educated or they weren't put in position to actually excel in society. Now, something else that came along with Jim Crow, because it was, like I said, it was in the South. It was not all over the United States, was voting and different things done at the voting booth. Now, last year, we celebrated the passage of the 19th Amendment that made it unconstitutional for any state to prevent someone from voting on the basis of sex. But something else was going on. Even while that amendment was passed, it was ratified by the states and actually made a constitutional amendment. Something else was going on. And many people don't get why the Georgia law is so problematic. Because it doesn't say black people, it doesn't specifically name people who is the who is targeted at. But let me give you a little context. So up until 1963, uh, the vote, the there was a March on Washington, and then Voting Rights Act, Civil Rights Act, and all that good stuff was signed in 1965, a couple of years after the march. We had people doing things like administering literacy tests. Now, some might say it should be administered. I mean, you, you should have to be able to read to vote. Well, do you really? Because it's not really in the law that you have to be able to read. While administering these literacy tests, they were not specifically directed at black people because sometimes poor whites were affected too. How did this go down? Well, I'll, I'll give you a breakdown of it. Let's say a person comes in to vote, average white guy, and I say average meaning doesn't appear to be poor, doesn't appear to be super well off, just, you know, what many might consider middle class. Well, the person in charge of the polling station could ask that person, hey, what's the president of the United States right now? If the person gets the question right, then they can vote. Now, let's say another person comes in and they were black. What would happen is they would be given a test with, let's say, 13, 20 problems that they would have to complete in 30 minutes without any mistakes without any wrong answers so again this was allowed by law but it was not directed specifically at black people similar to the georgia law it's not really directed at black and brown people but that's who is targeting but let's go back to that jim crow air let's let's keep talking about that that test in the example i gave you prior to the black person getting that long test that you got to complete without any errors in 10 minutes. That really wasn't fair. So the law did not explicitly say give it to black people, but it was understood that's who it was going to affect. Now, in the same token, women, who, by the way, were considered more property now and then, 
And if you are bothered by that, then I suggest that you strongly get active in your local legislation and national legislation because they're still treating females like property. I already mentioned that, though. But they weren't educated either. They weren't necessarily able to read and write. Because what were their responsibilities? Popping out babies, taking care of home, making sure dinner was on the table at the proper time, and doing whatever their husband said. And also not going to the police because there were no domestic violence laws. So if they were getting smacked up at home, eh, that's just what happened. Now, these laws were not the Jim Crow laws, were not specific, always specifically directed at the color or race of a person. Now, many are familiar with Rosa Parks uh, refusing to give up her seat when she was sitting at the front of the black people's section, section on a city bus and she didn't want to get up and she was put in jail for that. But see, some laws... They weren't like that because they know they would get in trouble. So this Georgia law that many people are saying, like President Biden said, is Jim Crow 2.0. It's not too far off. Because while people will say, well, you shouldn't have people going up and while you're waiting in line, giving you food and drink because, you know, you want racial integrity or racial integrity. You want voter integrity. You want to make sure that they're doing the right thing and not influencing voters one way or the other. Well, when you have black people that are more affected by long lines than white people, the average voting time being around seven minutes, according to some studies, last general election versus ours for black people. You don't have to put in race because it's implied. So everything that we are experiencing right now is not new. It's not something that has just popped up. And it's not just something that people are, are choosing to be hyperbolic about. In fact, it's not even something that we are not used to. The 19th Amendment getting passed and making it illegal to deny someone voting access because of them being a woman, that was a good step in the right direction. It would be 40 years until black people had a law, federal law, that stated we should get to vote just like white people get to vote. So now what? With over 40 states still attempting to push forward with laws, Texas one of them, we still have to fight. Atlanta has already, their mayor, has already made it her business to make sure that her people won't be affected, the people in the Atlanta area. But that's not all we can do. And it's really unfortunate because this, again, is not new. It's exactly what they will do if you're not checking them. If the citizens that make up the states and the cities are not checking them and making sure that they're not doing any sideways stuff, this is exactly what they would do. There have been people on the news, uh, news discussion programs, I should specify that, that say that 
it'd be a whole lot of woke people voting if we didn't have these restrictions, if we didn't have these ID laws, if we didn't have these laws being passed to shore up voting access. Well, this goes to something I mentioned before. Not making better policy. Not making yourself a more appealing candidate or an appealing party. Simply change the rules to keep those people away from the ballot box. It's not new. It's been going on for a while. Why would, and again, I don't know the answer to this question I'm about to present to you, but why would they not want black people to vote? Or brown people, that usually represents Hispanics, Latina, Latina, uh, Latina, Latinos. Why would they not want them to vote? I cannot imagine why. But this is the same trope that has been played before. It was just a literacy test back then. Certainly you should be able to read. Except it wasn't fairly given. And it wasn't universally given. It's just voter ID and signature matching is a farce. So we want to make sure that all black people have access to social security cards and driver's license. So we just want to make sure they are who they are. Well, it's not a problem. So that was already going on. Then you have the Lieutenant Governor of Georgia saying, basically letting the cat out the bag, that this is because of the big lie. 45 saying he won the election. And but for fraud and the big steal, he would be in the White House. Now, most reasonable people know that's not true. But the lie was propagated in such a fashion. And the GOP Republicans know that they are going to get smacked in the face in the, in the midterm elections just like they did in 2018, if they don't do something to change the game. So they change the rules. So it's about nothing, but it's everything. It's about everything and then nothing. It's about everything because everything that we attempt to call ourselves Americans and make it stand up for, like we're proud of, well, it comes down to democratic processes. It comes down to choice. It comes down to us making decisions and guiding our government in the direction that we, the people, want them to go. But it's about nothing because it's not something that we see every day. It's not something you walk outside and you're going to see a restriction placed on you. You're not going to go about every single day and know that they had some trickery going on and some slick shit happening in the legislation so or the legislature so you don't have proper access anymore about everything and nothing so in the 40 plus states that have laws or bills that are being put forth and they are trying to get them through quickly it's interesting to watch it happen but it's also interesting to know that this is not new. My personal hope is that we as a people can overcome it. We as a people can affect the legislatures to move in a more progressive light. 
as I've stated before, I don't want a single party rule. That's not good. Because the only thing that happens is when one party rules, for example, Democrats, they're in power, they make all the rules. Well, when Republicans get in charge, they reverse those policies and they usually make it harder to go back to the other way. So all these corporations standing up and saying, oh, this isn't right. Well, okay, yeah, good. But the people need to start standing up too. And that's our job. Our country matters. Your voice matters. Your vote matters. And it matters so much that they are trying to change the rules to make it so it's harder for you to express it. Now, why in the hell would they do that? I hope you I hope you can understand that this is above normal trickery. This is how do I say without being too hyperbolic? It is exactly what you are made for. <laughs> this fight. Your voice is as strong as the person next to you, but is only as strong as you allow it to be. And a lot of lots of a lot of legislatures are counting on the fact that people just don't care. And they won't say anything. For example, the law that it, or the bill that became law in Georgia, they knew it was happening. It was literally started right after the election. It just got signed recently. So that gives you an idea of how long it takes for a bill to become law, even with everyone pushing in the same direction. But now it's on us. We have to stand up and fight for our rights. Stand up and fight for the right to make our voice heard. Because, because just like back in Jim Crow time, it was only a literacy test. We're not, it's not specifically, you know, aimed at black people. That's not anywhere in the law. Wink, wink. Let me go ahead and get to this second topic. For the last topic, I want to bring you guys some positive information. I know I'm usually a little bit heavy-handed with the politics <laughs> and the social goings-on, but I want to give you all hopefully some news to put a little pep in your step. With the economy being the way it is, it's still kind of recovering from the shutdown from last March. Vaccine rollout is going much better now, and vaccines are becoming more available. Something you all need to remember. We are still in the middle of a recovery. Now, you might be saying, oh, so you just said it's going to be some pep, might give some pep in your step. What are you talking about? Well, I want to give yourself a reminder. Things may not be going as well as they were in your memory. Things may not also be looking well right now, right in front of you. 
But something I want to remind you of, as bad as it might be or it might have gotten over the past year, remember, you're still able to do better. You're still able to recover. Now, this is very important to keep in mind. Some, I mean, some people know that, for example, when you're working out, you have to go easy on yourself. Try not to be hypercritical because it's a process. Well, this light thing is a process also. So while the economy is still recovering, while we're still trying to get ourselves together, whether it's finding jobs, whether it's keeping our family together, whether it's figuring out the school thing, remember, the processes are available for us to work. Try not to let it work you. As bad as things might be, we know that they can be worse. But more importantly, we know that we have it within us to make it better. Now, I'm not a motivational speaker or anything, but I speak from real-world experience. Sometimes the best tool is time. Time allows us to see things in a greater perspective. If we slow down just a little bit to look to our left or right or maybe just look in the mirror to see where we were. So what I'm bringing to you in this second segment is a good reminder. We're all recovering. We're all going to get through this. As crazy as the world might be, as crazy as things might be around you, you're going to recover. And sometimes I think some people need a reminder of that. Because it's easy to fall into the darkness. It's easy to fall in, fall down the hole of woe is me or actually just being letting life beat you down. This is a reminder to fight back. This is a reminder that you have it within yourself to be better, to make your situation better. And more importantly, you will. With that said, this has been the 44th episode of the Keys to Gems podcast, and this is your host, Lonoso. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.